Hello and welcome to the Digital of Business and Business of Digital podcast where we interview thought leaders, industry experts and professionals behind the successful and inspiring digital marketing campaigns. This podcast is brought to you by Lingjoy, a tool that helps you get 10x out of your digital presence by creating branded links, curated pages and LinkedIn bio. Subscribe now and start your journey towards becoming a digital marketing pro. Hello everybody. How are you? I am Sahil Shah and today we have Phil with us. Phil is going to talk about why should agencies start their own podcast and how. Phil has been on a very interesting journey. He was initially in real estate and for last 12 years he has been teaching people how to start podcast, how to be on podcast and how to earn revenue from podcast. And today he is going to guide us. Thanks a lot Phil for doing this. Welcome on board. Thanks for having me. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, uh number one thing, uh, everybody has their own definitions and everybody has their own journeys. So, first we will uh go into your journey. How has been your journey on the things that you have been doing currently? And uh, from where did it start? What are the things that uh, came in the role and how did you evolve as a person in doing what you are doing currently? Mm, great question. Um Okay, so I'll take you right back then. So at the very beginning, all I ever wanted to be was a football player. Um, I wanted to be a football player and then I wanted to be a football manager. Uh, and for a long time, that looked like it was actually going to happen. So I was playing at a pretty decent level. I got signed at academy and then I got to like 16, 17 and I didn't get my professional contract. So I ended up moving to Central Europe um, to go and play for some teams over there. And I kept getting injured. Uh, until eventually my shin bone gave up and that was the end of it. I couldn't play anymore. And uh, I went into coaching and managing and it just, I didn't get the same buzz from it. I was bored. You know, I was really, really bored. I wanted to be out there training and playing with the ball. I didn't want to be watching and setting up drills. That was really boring. So um, I decided that I was going to have to just go and do something else. And one of the things that had always spoken to me was commercial real estate particularly as you can imagine sports stadiums i used to love stadiums so i decided that i was going to go and get a surveying qualification i uh, did that royal institute of chartered surveyors studied um at my university in the uk and uh, and then the global property market fell off a cliff so essentially my job is to stand in a field and tell a company how much they can afford to spend on a plot of land, how much they're going to have to invest, blah, blah, blah. Just at the time when people stopped building things. <laughs> so um, I didn't know what to do. So I ended up moving over to South Africa on like a temporary contract just to get some work experience. Uh, and that was really the making of me because the real estate market over there was about five or six years behind that of the UK. So I was able to have a lot of success and rise quite quickly and get to board level in my early 20s just by really kind of introducing what I'd done in the UK. Um, I'd worked while I'd studied. I'd, I'd been at management level for the last two years of my degree. Um, so I was working full time, managing a team of people doing it while studying and I was good to go. So anyway, fast forward a little bit. My I meet my wife in South Africa. We get married and uh, she's now pregnant. And then we decide, okay, I don't want to be working in an office all the time when she's pregnant. I don't want to be traveling back and forth between these two cities. You know, I'm going to leave and I'm going to set up my own company. And a lot of business owners who've done this and a lot of freelancers who may be listening to this show actually who have currently done this will recognize this naivety. I went, oh, it'll be dead easy. People will just ring me. I'll get loads of customers because I'm pretty well known. And, um, and that is not what happened. Um, not even in the slightest. So, I found myself in this weird position where I had two clients. I had um, a competitor who was sick of being on the wrong side of me. So they were now working with me. And then I had my former employer <laughs> and I was like, well, this sucks. Cause it's kind of like, and it felt the same. I just now worked from home and had more to do. Um, so it, it, it wasn't working and I didn't know how to do the social media marketing. I didn't know how to do mailing lists. I didn't have all of that stuff. Um, I hated it when people used to cold call me and try and sell me stuff. So I didn't want to be doing that to other people. So I didn't know how to win any clients. I didn't know what to do. But what I had been doing prior to this is podcasting because I'd grown and sold two sports podcasting networks. So, <laughs> excuse me. So I first got in podcast, involved in podcasting about 12 years ago. <clears throat> I've now done over 10,000 hours of podcasting, which is a lot. 
excuse me. Yes, there's a lot of podcasting. Um, and I, it was originally for fun. Like I just got involved when fans had started to create content, but I didn't understand why we were paying to do it when we could make money from this thing. Like it was creating an audience of people that marketers would want to sell to. So at first it was the basics like advertising and sponsorship and stuff. And then later on, it was things like affiliates and partnerships and product placements and all kinds of wonderful stuff. Um, but I knew that not only could you make money from it, but it was a really great networking tool. Like I describe podcasting and now later our television show for me as kind of like being the backstage pass for networking with your industry. It's like the, that CEO of the company that you'd love to work with that won't return your emails, hasn't connected with you on LinkedIn and won't return your phone call. They'll give you an hour to 90 minutes on a podcast to, to build a relationship with you and talk about themselves and talk about their journey. So um, it's just a phenomenal tool. And when you look at it in that way, it's like, okay, who, who in my industry or who around the world has the skills and resources that I need to help me grow, but that I could also give my best bit to and help them grow because business is a team sport. And that's where a lot of people get go wrong with business. Um, you know, no man or woman can do everything. And it's ridiculous to try and think that you can. I mean, and when you first start and you're bootstrapping, you have to wear every single hat possible. You are all of those people, but you know, you, you almost need to stop having such an industrial revolution mindset in terms of, Oh, I have to pay someone a salary for them to do something. You can do an exchange. You can do a currency thing. You can do a revenue share. There's so many things that you can do and people just use it as an excuse. Like, Oh, I don't have, you know, X thousand dollars to go and get a new website done. No nonsense. Go and partner with somebody, give them services that you're good at and do a trade for it and get yourself one up. You know, you really want to be successful. You can do that. And when you realize what podcasting and, and content creation is all about is, is providing those people a platform where you're doing them a favor before you've asked anything in return. It's like, it's like the cheat codes. It's like the magic ingredient that nobody ever sees because you're the one person or one of the only people in that person's life adding value to it before you take from it. Everybody else is trying to sell something to them. And then once they've got their money, then they'll give them the value. You're flipping that process completely on its head all through a having a great conversation with somebody in a way that you can then repurpose all of that great content for your marketing. I mean, it's like win, win, win. There is no negative to that situation. Um, it's a real time saver because now you're combining sales calls and networking with marketing. <laughs> um, not to mention the fact that no longer as a business owner where you have to sit there having watched Gary Vaynerchuk tell you you need to create more content and go, my God, how am I going to write that many blogs? How am I going to do, you know, never again do you have to worry about credible content because you've got an abundance of it. Not to mention that you can then work with people to get these things transcribed and put them into blogs and articles and guest blogs that, that then act as backlinks. And it's, you know, it builds a portfolio. I mean, here's one for you. Most people know that there's a hierarchy in media, right? So podcast is free barrier to entry. Anybody can start a podcast. Now, only 10% of podcasters globally make any money from it, but anybody can start a podcast, right? Now, it's about where Facebook was about 10 years ago, where, where the level of opportunity to make money, grow your audience, grow traffic, you know, develop wealth from this thing is right now. It won't always be this way. You can already see by the major players that are starting to come into it already. You know, there's been almost 300,000 new business podcasts created since last March, <laughs> you know, so people are, are starting to, to wake up to this. But so for me, it went podcast to radio, well, to national radio, to international radio, then to television. That's how it worked for me. Um, as soon as I started podcasting, I started getting keynote speaking gigs. That was just one of the byproducts of podcasting, and it's something that we've we've done a lot with our with our clients as well. You know, as soon as they're ready to get on stage, we we make that happen um, at the events in their industry that are going to add authority and kind of help them win custom. But you know, you think about media, most people want media attention. Like it would be great if I could get my product on this TV station, or it would be great if I could get my service written about in this magazine. Right. But that's as far as it goes. People just sit back and go, well, hopefully Forbes will ring me one day and 
say that they want to do a featured piece on this. Well, good luck waiting for that to happen because it's not going to happen, right? But what you can do is off, you know, find the journalist that you would love to write that piece for you because you enjoy their writing and you enjoy their opinions and their knowledge on things. Spark a conversation with them and invite them on a podcast to talk about their work. You know, tell them, you know, you're not you're not asking, you're not groveling, you're not being, you know, backhanded. Uh, if I was an author or a journalist, I'd be flattered if somebody said, I really enjoy your work. And if you ever saw fit to write about us, I'd, I'd really appreciate it because of everybody there is to write this, I want you. I'd be quite flattered by that. Thanks a lot, uh, in a way, for articulating things in a very comprehensive way for our audience. And I think... Uh, my second question was also uh, included in it. Uh, no, normally, I ask that question is, uh, what is your journey? And then what is yes. the definition of the thing that we are going to talk about? So if we yes. were talking about demand generation, it was what is the layman definition of demand generation? I think you gave a definition of podcast in your own way, and which mm. is very true, uh, which a lot of people don't sense it. Uh, they usually just take podcast as a tool where they can market their product. Not at all. Po po yeah. Podcasting is old school networking combined with the content creation machine. Yeah. That's what podcasting is. Our founder, uh, Yash also says the same thing that uh, you don't have to write good pieces of content. You just have to get people who are good at what they are doing and you will get that content. Absolutely. And uh, I think your approach is also the same and uh, definitely agree with that. That is why we are doing this on a regular yeah. basis. Now. We already have around 20 episodes recorded. I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> 15 of them are out. Uh, so uh, number one thing which somebody uh, has a question about is how to start or how to approach a speaker or uh, sh should it be a monologue or should it be two person podcast? Yeah. Uh, what are the things that some as an agency somebody can do just to, so, so suppose you give an example of somebody in New York who is starting a podcast and then they have a competition. as a yeah. So yeah. what should be a mindset of an agency owner while they are starting it? Good question. So um, I think mindset wise, you have to reverse engineer it. So you have to kind of understand who it is you're talking to and why, because a lot of people just kind of start and then float around and they don't really have a strategy for it. Um, and it's like anything, if you spend any money on, on, um, paid advertising, you know, that if you don't have a targeted audience, it's very easy to lose a lot of money because you can just throw money and it's doing nothing. Um, podcasting is is the same you know you can waste a lot of time money and effort speaking to the wrong people um it also guides both parts of the strategy whether that's you starting your podcast and identifying guests or indeed identifying shows that you should be a guest on um, both of those things happen simultaneously when you work out who it is that you're trying to talk to um, you know, because you've got to make the decision. Am I trying to sell to the audience? Am I trying to sell to the host? Am I trying to influence the influencers? You know, I'm trying to sell to one level. So I'm going to go to the people who they admire and respect and be seen to work with like the level up, you know, so you kind of have to make that decision. We do a lot of that work with our customers, but you make that decision for yourself. That has definitely got to be the mindset. Um, once you've done that, you've got to understand all the things that podcasting can do for you in as much as, you know, don't measure it on vanity metrics. So many people get like 10 episodes in and quit because they're like, oh, I've only got like a thousand people listening. No one's paying any attention to my podcast. I'm sick of asking my friends and family to retweet it and share it. And everyone's getting sick of me asking. Because if, if your motivation is likes and shares, you know, sorry to disappoint you, but you're not Joe Rogan. Um, you know, this is not, you're not Gary Vaynerchuk. That's not what this is This is there for. This is there as a networking tool for you that's going to allow you to level up, meet the people for your organization and in countries that are going to help you get to that next level, whether that's lead generation, funding, keynote speeches, uh, a book deal, television deal, media coverage, whatever it's going to be, work out the strategy, go and get that stuff. And then I used to say, and people always used to be really surprised, I, did, I couldn't care less if nobody was listening to my podcast at the beginning because it was helping me meet awesome people, open doors to people. And that's the other thing, right? If you're approaching this in a content only way, which is I'm trying to generate traffic. Now you start getting into uncomfortable conversations with guests who are asking things like, okay, so how many listeners do you get? Blah, blah, blah. Because if you position it in that kind of transaction, then obviously they're going to want to know, okay, well, what am I getting back in return for this? Where 
if your approach is, you know, hey, Sayo, listen, I was looking through your profile. I thought it was awesome. I also listened to that interview you did recently. And I thought it was really interesting. Um, I have a podcast speaking to this audience. Um, it's relatively new, but I think you and I would have a great conversation. I could see us doing some stuff together after the podcast work-wise as well. What are your thoughts on jumping on and just chewing the fat for 30, 60 minutes about your journey, where you've come from, and who it is your business is helping? Like you get a yes, like 99% of the time. You know, it's such a powerful tool for you. And getting that yes, I think uh, a lot of times is important in the first uh, 10 episodes that you are trying to get. Because uh, that demotivates a lot of people when they don't get a yes. Because they don't know how many doors they have to knock in a way to get that first yes or second yes. And somebody. one of the things that I think people have to keep in, in mind is that the, the podcasting network is such a great community of people that like to help each other, but not everybody is a podcaster. So there will be a lot of people that you want to speak to right now who they may never have been on a podcast before, or they might have done it. It wasn't a great experience because they were with someone who didn't really know what they were doing. Like you don't know what's gone before. So somebody saying no to you might just be no to the platform rather than no to you. Um, so in those first, I'd say, I mean, using the number that you gave, in the first 10 episodes, for example, I would be, part of our strategy would be mapping out, yes, absolutely relevant hosts to talk to uh, and relevant audiences that they already engage with. Yes, and, and, and then do a podcast exchange, but it would definitely be aimed at podcasters. I would be aimed at podcasters who are already doing this because it's much easier to do a podcast exchange with somebody than it is to invite an author who's never been on a podcast before to, to do yours as their first one. Um, and the joy of that is like anybody who's ever done any podcasting, and I'm sure you know this yourself, is that, you know, especially the guest strategy, like when you go on other people's shows the amount of referrals and recommendations that happen in terms of a, Oh, hit, I've got three friends who have podcasts that speak to a similar audience. Here you go. Like I always say, each podcast is never one podcast. It always turns into multiple, if not business, every podcast is something else for me. So I would do podcasts. If, if my, if I didn't have to do the strategy sessions, which I actually quite like, uh, in fact, I really like them. They're a lot of fun. But if I didn't have to do strategy sessions, I would spend all day every day doing nothing but podcasting because every time I have one of these conversations, it leads to several more opportunities. And it's just, it fuels the business. It's fueled me to grow and sell two podcast networks, two uh, professional services businesses. And you know now we're, now we're doing this for other people. So we do fi- over 50 different business podcasts. Um, more than double that number in terms of helping people with guest bookings and guest strategies, kind of like podcast publicity. Um, and then we have over 15 different satellite business television networks that we work with as well for their business content globally. So it's uh, and it all came from podcasting, like all of it, like podcasting is still my favorite tool. So uh, people uh, don't see compounding uh, very well. And yes. the problem with, uh, uh, countries like India and Southeast Asian countries, a lot of African countries also, because yeah. uh, they don't have exposure of money that much. They yes. don't uh, know the power of compounding. And that is yeah. what something does not get into them in terms of habits also. So yes. as you said, you have been doing it for 12 years, but uh, it has been compounding very well now. So if you say uh, uh, one podcast leads to another, it leads to another. Correct. And those kind of things, people don't see it from just one podcast. When you have you done, uh, so you have been doing it for the last 12 years now. Yes. So now there is a lot of compounding effect, which is bringing in a lot of business, which is bringing true. in new Well, business. it's true, but you know, you've also got to remember because of the guests that we do this for, and I'm sorry, because of the customers we do this for on our guest booking side and yeah. on our done for you side, you know, many of these clients have never, ever been on a podcast ever before. This is their first exposure to a podcast. And the reality is that, look, it, it, your, your release cycle time is kind of the, your only barrier to entry. It's like, how many conversations can you have? If you do a guest podcast with somebody, it might not be released for two months, but it's another opportunity to have a conversation with them when it comes out and all that kind of beautiful stuff. But, you know, great example is I, I've got a, a client who came to me with a coaching business and He'd hired people. I think he'd hired two people before. They both let him down when it comes to sales. He'd spent a lot of money with an agency that hadn't really worked out. Um, and, and I think this was really like his last roll of the dice, I think was the way that he would put it. You know, this is a, 
I, I see the power of this. I'm really, really hoping that it works because I need to get my business working. He's got a great business consulting business. He's really intelligent, knows his stuff, and just not enough people know, like, and trust him. That's that's literally it. Like, if his, if his industry knew him, he would be yeah. swamped with work because he's a great guy, very knowledgeable. He just, like many business owners, that bit was the block, right? So after three months, he had to ring me and say, I need to start changing the focus of the interviews that I'm doing with other people to being about this product that I'm going to be bringing out later, uh, sorry, early next year. um, And the stuff that he was doing because he was now oversubscribed with coaching clients after three months. So from going from, Oh my God, I need more clients to, I now have more clients than I can handle in three months. Like this isn't, get rich quick schemes. This is, this isn't, you know, take this magic pill and everything's going to be great for your business. It's just the power of networking. And people have been saying for hundreds of years, you know, your network is your net worth. It, right. it is right. And, and this can happen straight away. So take, well, let's use you as an example, right? I get you on two podcasts next week. One's in Australia and the other's in the U S both of them are on people who I know that will have an audience that are going to be right for you. Agencies, you know, freelance business owners, whatever it is. Right. and you want to meet those people, I'm going to introduce you to them. This is how my service works. I'm going to introduce you to them and get you booked on their show and ask them, do they know anybody else whose show you should be on? Each one of those shows then turns into two or three more recommendations. I'm also going to go to my friend, um, uh, Mike, Mike Swagonski, giving him a shout out. Mike is the world's leading uh, remote jobs expert. He owns uh, global jobs. He does all the nomadic jobs, nomadic, nomadic lifestyle stuff. He's he's off living in Sablinski in Georgia at the moment. Um, yeah. Loving life, having a great time. I hope you're doing well, Mike, if you're listening to this. Big shout out to you. Mike's best-selling author with this stuff. So I'll plug Mike into your show because if you want to be talking to more freelancers about how they can be generating work, you're not going to get a much bigger crowd than the nomadic crowd who can't wait to get back traveling again. Many of whom are stuck in bizarre locations around the world, needing to generate business, needing to generate work. Um, And right there, those three things have already now set you up, haven't they? Because each of those podcasts has become two or three more podcast interviews. Mike's going to know a load of people like him. Um, In fact, Mike, if I'm not mistaken, Mike introduced me to a guy who was one of the uh, deciding panel members for Ted talks and actually ended up writing a book about how to get a TEDx talk. Like these are the guys you want to speak to. So, you know, you, you talk to them and, and it, it's brilliant because then they plug you onto the next one and the next one and the next one. And yeah. that's that way. Nobody, I promise you, nobody is then going to say to you, no, because you don't have enough listeners and you're not going to be in that embarrassing position where that you're like, oh, I really don't want them to ask because I've only got like a couple of hundred people that listen to me. And I think most of them is my mum. You know, <laughs> you, you don't want to admit that. So back when you first start doing it via this networking thing, they know what this is. They know that this is a networking opportunity. The way that a lot of those professionals would put it is. I'm going to do your show now, but that piece of content is going to be evergreen. I don't know that style isn't going to be the next Joe Rogan in two years time. And everybody's going to be listening to his back catalog of the early stuff. And is going to be listening to my interviews. So of course I'm going to come and do the show because you, you know, you got to kiss some frogs. You never know which one's going to lead somewhere. And besides it's not about numbers. Like you may have one person listening to this show now who is the perfect person to be listening to me do this that I end up working with. Like we never know. So I'm, I don't judge it. And the best way to avoid other people judging it is to plug straight into that pre-existing podcast network. Great. Uh, Very rightly said of not judging it because a lot of people don't need thousands of clients coming to their way. No, they don't. Very few. And they need to be very precise in the way they spend their time. Mm -hmm. Which things. Uh, when it comes to those things, spending time and for mm-hmm. founders and for uh, agency owners, spending their time is very important. So, very. yeah. So when it comes to podcasting and then it comes to repurposing content, which we were discussing, yep. a lot of people don't do that. Uh, no. What are your thoughts on those things? Any uh, it's kind of lazy, isn't it? I mean, it's 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 kind of using something to like a, a percentage of its potential, but then not using the rest of it. It seems kind of silly. Like you know, if you were to make a you know a big roast beef, like this huge joint of beef, 
cut yourself a plate because that's all you can eat and then throw the rest of it away. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. Don't throw the beef away, you know, just yeah. you can have more later. And that's kind of what podcasting is all about. If you want to use that analogy, it's okay. You might only be able to eat this much right now, but you can chop that big piece of meat up into lots of little bits that you can now use on your social media for the next two to three months. True. Um, and you don't have to do it. I mean, uh, I'm not even talking about working with an agency like mine. So we, we do a lot of the production stuff, but I don't consider us a production company. We do the production for the clients that we're working with on a strategy to help get them out there. It's the, it's the, the networking strategy, the growth strategy, the growth acceleration, uh, the transformational aspects of their business. That's really where we focus. So the, the production is something that we do to help them get there. But if I wasn't working with somebody on that front, I wouldn't just do their production for them. That said, you can go on things like Upwork and Fiverr and find someone for like three or four dollars an hour who once a week for, you know, five, six hours will repurpose all of your content and stick it into a OneDrive folder for you. I mean, yeah. it's just so simple. I mean, and, and, and what are we talking like 30 to 50 bucks maybe a week if you're pushing out loads of content? I mean, we're not talking a lot of money here. You could, you could easily repurpose your podcast content for less than $200 a month and have somebody post it out on social media for you. Now, the funny thing is though, and this is what you were getting at before, it's not really about about the numbers. So I don't really do that anymore. We help a lot of businesses that do. We used to do loads. Like we used to be putting out like 10 pieces of content every single day. Yeah. Now we're not for two reasons. Number one, we're we're pretty oversubscribed actually most of the time if I'm completely honest and and I and I love that. We are growing. We are scaling. Um but yeah, I don't want to be creating that much content because it creates a lot of inquiries and, and I, I can't handle all those at the moment. So that's one thing. The second reason I don't at the moment is that I kind of feel like the market is changing from that overloading people with content in the hope that they see it and then get involved. And instead, it's become much more personal. So I'll, I'll tell you kind of how I'm using my podcast and how I know a lot of our clients are using theirs because it's, it's working for us all, right? It's things like when you connect with somebody and you want to do business with them, instead of pitching them or trying to hoodwink them or get them on a demo call or any of that kind of stuff, a great way to introduce what you do is to say, I was looking through your profile and I noticed that you did this and this, right? List whatever the reasons are that you really want to work with them and say that. Say, I'd love to explore doing some work together. However, I don't just want to pitch you on here. I know that's really annoying when people do that. Here's a link to a podcast interview that I did with such and such a person. And I tag that person in the message and I say, have a listen. Let me know what your thoughts are. I'd love to bring you on the show if you feel like it would be a good fit, but I definitely love to explore how we might be able to work together. And I send that over and only the people who resonate with the podcast and with the message I said in that podcast, get in touch. But an incredible byproduct of it is by the time they get in touch, because they've already listened to at least one of my podcasts, they already feel like they know me. They've already spent an hour having a conversation with me as far as their brain is concerned. Um, and that's a very powerful thing. You know, it's like, imagine somebody being able to listen to three hours of you presenting before they ever speak to you. Like customers get on the phone and they're already telling me what they want or they're coming to me saying, okay, I definitely want to start a podcast. Let me tell you what my problem is. Let me tell you where I'm trying to get to. And then you tell me what the best service is for me. I'm not trying to pitch anything at this point. It's almost like a, a diagnosis and a prescription kind of thing. Um, and that's such a nice way of doing business. And it's not just us. It happens with our clients through and through is if you put out genuine, authentic content of you being you whilst networking, yeah. you know, I have a saying, which is your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Really cool. Your vibe attracts your tribe. And podcasting is a phenomenal way of attracting that tribe. Attracting the tribe, I think uh, that is uh, very true, and people find it difficult. Uh, one of the hacks that you gave was, uh, I think, is very much necessary for people who have a big ticket client. So suppose yes. they're trying, uh, they're trying for clients between four thousand dollars to five thousand yes. dollars on a monthly basis, or those kind of things, where they want to show that they are leaders in their niche. Definitely, and uh, in those uh, in those areas, I think it is very necessary for them to be authoritative uh, when it comes to negotiations mm. and i think the way you uh, describe the whole process it gives them the power because somebody is already coming to you after listening to your 
depth about the knowledge that you are talking about mm-hmm. so you don't have to prove them how knowledgeable you are absolutely right okay. So well, a, gra- a, gr- a great way of reverse engineering that as well, because it's a, it's a, it's one of the strategies we use to get people keynote speaking gigs is six to eight months before an exhibition, you invite the event organizer of that event onto your event to help sell tickets. Talk to them about why they're putting the event on. It's a great way to get it. Look, you usually get one of three things at that point if you've done it right. You either get invited to be a keynote speaker, either paid or otherwise. Yeah. You get invited to do a workshop again either paid or otherwise or you get given backstage passes like a media pass style thing to bring your podcast and you get free tickets to an event that other people in your industry are spending thousands of dollars to go to right all of those things are awesome but the next thing you do is and this is where the 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 kicker really happens because a a lot of great stuff comes from here you say okay well i want to help drive attention to this event because i think it could help a lot of people let me interview your sponsors and keynote speakers and I'll talk to them about why they're attending the event, what it is they're hoping to speak about, who it is they're hoping to add value to. So let's list the things that happen from there. Number one, you've now just met a load of the keynote speakers and people at the top of your industry. That's powerful anyway. Could probably will lead to business. Definitely going to lead to partnerships and podcast interviews and all this kind of beautiful stuff. Number two, creates an abundance of content which means that in the you know 60 day, 30 days prior to an event and the 60 days after so that's a 90 day period every time people search that event they're going to find your podcast interviewing all of those keynote speakers you're now the expert at an event you maybe even didn't go to how cool is that right number three the media are interested in you because if you're seen to know all about that big industry event they're going to want to talk to you okay And number four, as you quite rightly said, if I've spoken to the keynote speakers at a big industry event, what's going to be better to me in the build-up to that to message my ideal customers and say, I'd love your profile, would love to have a conversation with you, appreciate you're really busy. Uh, I don't know whether you're going to be attending the such and such an event. I'm actually going to be hosting a workshop on this. Uh, Here's one of the other keynote speakers that I did an interview with on my podcast the other day. Take a listen. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Because what's that telling them? That event that you're paying to go to, I'm doing a workshop. That keynote speaker that you're looking forward to hearing, I've already had a chat with him for an hour. We're already mates. We're WhatsApping. You see what I mean? It's it, it, it's very, very powerful. Uh, this helps a lot of people in uh, gaining authority over what they are trying to do. And Absolutely. at the end of the day, that is what all uh, I think sales is all about. Uh, whenever you are trying to do, you have to just get your point clear and uh, that is where a lot of communication gap also comes because mm-hmm. somebody uh, does not believe that you will be able to deliver those things or your Correct. ideas are not uh, an excel sheet cannot get all the ideas through mm. and uh, so uh, you said the very right thing your vibe attracts your tribe yeah and, definitely uh, so there uh, so people are not made for each other i always say to the agency owners also a lot of time that yes. it happens it's like dating yes so, very uh, similar yeah, so it it won't happen that uh, somebody who is trying to get a social media agency will always try to work with the best agency in the world because yes, it may happen that that is not the right agency for them at that stage. Well, yeah. your your analogy of a relationship is actually a really interesting, wasn't it? So let's let's explore that a little bit. So if if you, it's also the way that many people advertise their services. So people buy based on the experience they're going to get. Yes. Too many companies sell based on the spec of what they're selling. So you're speaking two completely different languages. One's speaking the why, the other's speaking the how, right? Yeah. Now, if you were to do that in a relationship status, if you were to put out, you know, I'm a CEO of a company, I earn this much every year, I'm this age, I'm this weight, I'm this height, you're going to attract somebody, right? But there's unlikely to be a sexual attraction there's not going to be a chemistry is it's not going to be exciting this person's almost marrying you because it's like yeah he earns good money he's got a good job i'm going to go be with this person whereas the person who you lock eyes with across the room who you don't know their name they don't know what you do they don't know what you earn they don't know your job title that's where the excitement comes in you know but why are you in that room you're both in that room because you're interested in the same thing which is what's brought you there so if you focus on the interests and what people get out of it then that's when you know most of our business relationships don't start with people saying i want this package or i want this product it starts with people saying something along the lines of i get it i like you we should do business together what do you think i should do 
And it's like, well, I think you should start here and then let's explore it. Like, let's do our, uh, I have a, a heavily discounted starter pack that I introduced at the back end of last year. It's $1,100. Um, and it's, 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 it's pretty kick-ass for that price, to be honest. It's two recorded strategy sessions with me, plus a written roadmap that I then do. So it's designing this strategy. Who's your audience? Who are you talking to? Where are you going? Who do we need to talk to? How are we going to get there? The whole thing, right? Then it's three recorded podcast interviews, two in your network where my booking team, literally my booking team, go and get you booked on the podcast that are right for you. And then you also do a podcast on the Billionaires in Boxers Network, which is like 350,000 business owners will be listening to that, plus then the two global radio stations that repurpose our content as well. Yeah. Now, I introduced that because it was a really juicy package for people to get their teeth into, but it also does one of two things for me, right? And I'm I don't mind sharing them. We're all <laughs> number one is it gives people an opportunity to see what podcasting is all about and get a flavor of the power of it. And the reason I love that is people want it after they've tried it, they, they see it, they see the power of it and they go, I want to do this, but it's easier to sign somebody up for a, let's say a six to 12 month contract when they've already experienced it, than have somebody commit to something for 12 months that they have no idea if this is going to work for them because they've never done it. I can talk about it. They can listen to other people talk about it, but until they've tried it, it it's not going to be sunk in, but when they see it and they experience it, it then turns into a hard Yes, I'm doing this. I want to do. I had one today, like the client messaged and said, I'm pretty sure I'm going to do the done for you service, but let's start with the starter pack. Like he wants the other one. And I'm saying, no, no, do the starter pack first. But the second thing it does, and business owners will all get this, right? We've all worked with people that we really wish we hadn't bothered. You yeah. know, the, the customer that gives you a massive headache. This is a great way for me to see how well we fit together. I'm confident that this strategy will work for you and do good things for you, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I want to commit to spending a few hours a month with you every month for the next 12 months. Like if you're driving me crazy, I'm going to say, there you go, off you go and do this stuff yourself kind of thing. Um, so it's it's been a useful tool that way. But um, that again, like that has been such a successful product for my business. It's been so great for people that came out of a podcast. Somebody suggested that on a podcast. They said, oh, I think it'd be great if you did this. So I was like, oh, great idea. So the next few podcasts I was on, I asked people, I said, listen, if I did something like this, this and this, would you be interested in that? And people are going, yeah, yeah, really, definitely. Now loads of those people are affiliates and partners of mine who are, they're selling this on our behalf. Great. Uh, one thing which I found very interesting was it's uh, a lot of people uh, do get leads and then they try to turn those leads into qualified leads by calling them, yeah, verifying what they're. I think you are doing it by letting them pay you and give a part of your service yep. and judging uh, in a way are they fit enough to work with you on a long term basis or not. Definitely, and this is what I think uh, can be implemented by a lot of agencies. Yeah, yeah. Agencies don't need hundred clients. They need just ten clients, or maybe for sure of them to be with them for a year-long process. You're so right. And they don't need everybody at all the times, but they need that good clients, which can then get them to a scalability, or they can get good profitability. Mm. But uh, I think this can be implemented by a lot of agencies where they do some kind of productization of their work, and then they get to know each other at least in a dating period. Again, mm. uh, uh, if we talk about relationships, you're not yeah, yeah. girlfriend and boyfriend from the first day. You are yeah. you go on dates. You understand how things are, and then if if things go well, then you turn into those things. So you're so right. Very important thing. Uh, you know, yeah. So maybe the starter pack is like going on a date. You know, yeah. you're going out, you're getting to know each other, you're seeing how this works, and if it works, then we move on to the next level yeah. and we start talking about relationship. But it's a great way of doing business. You're like you, do, you're so right. I mean, how, so many businesses say things like, "Oh, you know, I wasn't getting that many listeners. I was only getting like 500 listeners when I first did my podcast. I get a lot of that. Like, oh, I did a podcast yeah. a few years ago and it didn't work for me, so I stopped. Um, and I was, it's always like, why would you build up that momentum and then stop? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Very um, but the rea- but the reality is, like, if you speak to a lot of businesses, particularly let's say high ticket businesses, they couldn't handle much more than maybe 10, 15 new clients. Yeah. Like, talk, think about your dream client, right? If I gave you ten of them, could you handle them? If you're getting nervous at this point, going, 
no, I really couldn't. <laughs> then you don't need 5,000 people to like your stuff <laughs> because you, you know, you can't handle 10 of them. What's the point? You know, have 150 people listening to your stuff only, but make sure that they're really relevant. 150 people. Um, you know, if nobody ever listens to your podcast, other than when you send the link to an ideal customer and they're the ones listening to it, surely that's still considered a success, provided you're not judging it on vanity metrics and well, I want to be number one on iTunes. Well, you can be number one on iTunes, but now you have to behave like a, a radio show or a TV show. It's all about t- entertainment, ratings, and numbers. If yeah. you're using this to grow your business, then you use a strategy one way. If you're using this to be a performing monkey, you do a completely different strategy, you know? So uh, I think uh, people spend a lot of time building their portfolios, uh, yeah. building their websites and doing those things. Uh, they can see podcasting as one of their portfolios. L- like oh, you sure. have uh, rightly said at a lot of points in the last 50 minutes that we have talked about. Mm-hmm. So uh, they can uh, share conversations that they had with different kind of clients or maybe different kind of people. And then that becomes a kind of uh, uh, self-belief for other people that yeah, yes. this uh, person has done something. Like a lot of people who have done TEDx uh, talks or TED talks, like me. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. We have signatures where we write, uh, click here to watch my TEDx talk, click here to watch. Yeah, my- love it. It it's is important. Just, it's credibility. It, it builds credibility. Uh, yeah. I, I did not uh, do that for a long time after I had my TED talk. For, I went on a TED talk for maybe three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for the first two years, I never used that. Yeah, yeah. After a point, somebody of my uh, network, when I was interviewing them and doing something with them, uh, we were on a show together. So it, it was an offline event. And at yeah, that yeah. time, he suggested me that it gives you a lot of credibility when yeah, uh, yeah, somebody is sure. reading your mail or somebody is listening to what you are doing and those kind of things because yeah. they then get a sense of belief that somebody who is speaking on the stage or somebody yes. uh, who is uh, sending me a mail is a genuine guy. Hmm. But people don't really understand how media works. I think they, they, they sit at home or in their office and they wait for somebody to ring them and invite them to do these things. And I think a lot of people need to realize that, you know, every time you watch somebody on a television show or if you watch somebody as a keynote speaker, they've usually been pitched or recommended to be there. Either a publicist has pitched them and said, this is somebody that you should be talking to, or one of the other keynote speakers who they've already booked has said, you should bring my friend such and such a person. They're great at this and they do talks on this really fits in right that's how these things happen so if you put yourself in those circles and have those conversations and meet those people your chances of being invited to them have just gone up no end um i know exactly what you're talking about so so i had one uh, in a new industry for us relatively new industry um i was curious to see whether it would work we'll be showcasing some of the results later this year because it's been working really really well so i'm really yeah. pleased about it but um I wanted to meet this new industry, right? And and they're very big in the States and not particularly here in the UK. Uh, so I didn't really know anybody in this industry. So I spent some time doing podcast interviews with them, some of which are still private, some of which are already out on other people's shows. Um, and I got to know the industry. But as a result, I got invited virtually to be a masterclass speaker to 250 CEOs of these companies who are part of the official, like the official body, the official governing body invited yeah. me to come and do a masterclass and talk to them about how all of this works and how they can communicate with their audience differently. It's basically like a giant pitching episode. Like you should have seen my LinkedIn afterwards. Ping, ping, ping. That was great. Thank you. That would really work for me. Can I talk to you about this? I've already got a podcast. Is it too late? Do I start again? Could you help me monetize it? I've got a personal thing, but not a business one. Can I combine the two? Like it was, it was such a phenomenal way of doing this, but that only came about because of those conversations. So if you're sat at home thinking, you know, if I could only be a keynote speaker at that event, everything would be okay. Cause that's the one that everybody wants to go to. That's where all the top speakers are. You have the power, many of you in the palm of your hand in, in the form of a mobile phone yes. to, to get on with this and do this. And, and the only thing stopping you is two things. Laziness. Is, is the first reason because you could you could start a podcast you can go to anchor and it will show you how to set one up in five minutes yes. there's no excuse right the second thing and and I, this is one i i understand a lot more and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna downplay it because i understand it and that's imposter syndrome there's a lot of people who are thinking well why would anybody want to listen to me what if i run out of things to say what if i sound stupid what if i say something that ends up hurting my business 
everybody has these kind of things, right? And what I always say to them is the same thing, which is you are already an expert. You're the expert at your own story. Nobody knows your journey style better than you do. Nobody, really? right? So nobody is in a better position to talk about what you've achieved and where you've come from and where you've learned than you are. And that's what podcasting is all about. It's all about being authentic and genuine and having open and honest discussions. And, and actually some of the most interesting discussions are the ones where you don't know the answer and you go, yeah, no one's ever asked me that. I thought, I don't know. It's a really interesting one. I said, well, let's have a think about it. Let's work through it. Like that's, that's the stuff that's interesting for people because that's where the learning happens. You know, I said to you when, when we spoke on the phone, I have a saying that I use all the time, which is the day I stop learning is the day I stop earning. And it's a very powerful and very true thing. And, and podcasting is such an awesome way of doing that. Like I, I was saying to you earlier, and it's so true. Like myself and my clients will read a book, you know, and it'll be a great book and we'll finish it. And then we'll call the author and get them onto a podcast. Like that's it's, what, in what world can that happen? That's so cool. Um, you know, Christmas was bizarre. I had like five or six brand new books turn up all at the same time. Some of them from new authors, some of them from best-selling authors yeah. before they're even released saying, here you go, Phil, I'd love to hear your thoughts on my book. They know they're getting invited onto the podcast. They're not, they're not silly. They know that's why they're doing it. And I know that's why they're doing it, yeah. but their book really adds value and it helps people. So I'm going to talk to them about it and I'm going to help people learn from it. And being somebody who, you know, I, I'm a big believer in don't reinvent the wheel, right? I'm a big believer in, you know, stand on the shoulders of giants and all that kind of stuff. Right. So if I can listen to a podcast of an interview or I can have an interview with somebody for an hour and learn everything I need to know about that book, plus more besides because I'm speaking directly to the author. I didn't need to read the book, did I? Yeah. So though that seven-hour book, I've just done it in an hour and got more from it that you would have done anyway because I got to ask the questions I wanted to ask. And there's a lot of value that uh, you as an individual are also adding in the whole conversation because you are also getting a lot of things out of it. And then uh, after the production, a lot of people who are going to listen are also going to get a lot of it. Yeah. And at the end, the a person who is writing the book, he will always get some clients or uh, people to buy those books. And it's uh, as you in the initial days, uh, in the initial part of the conversation, you said it's a win-win situation for a lot of people. It really is. And- it re- well, it really is. I mean, that's why so many publishers do it. I mean, we do virtual book tours for people that we've done for the last few years. You know, we now work with a lot of publishing companies, newspapers, media outlets, etc., who are using podcasting to drive attention towards their articles. So you think about how an article is written for, let's say, let's say the Times, right? The Times want to write an article. True. They're going to do an interview with somebody and they're going to ask them 10 to 15 questions. They're going to write about four of the answers at most. And the editor is going to say, take a bit out. So you're going to probably write about three and a half, right? So now what they're going to do is they're going to use those interviews and record them as a podcast. They're going to repurpose the content so that now you can listen to all 10 answers if you really want to. But the idea is that it drives you towards a very well-written, you know, nicely crafted article so that you can read it. And then maybe even behind a paywall for your customers and subscribers, give them access to the full bank of the full interviews so that they could listen to them all in one go. Like this is awesome stuff. Like if if these are the kind of people you want to be listening to in your industry, like I would love to, to not just hear an interview with, let's say, Tony Robbins. I would love to see a behind the scenes thing with Tony Robbins, just having a chat, seeing how he engages with people, seeing how how he reacts and how he responds. Like all of this stuff is is all very achievable and very powerful. So, yeah, I'm so with you, brother. Books are a very powerful tool. And as we are coming to the... so. I think we covered a lot of things in podcast. Uh, Good. So we were haywire in a lot of way, but uh, value has been added and that is what we are here for. So if somebody wants to know more, uh, Phil, if you can just uh, let people know who are listening to us, how can they connect to you in the first place? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, well, firstly, thank you for having me here. I hope it has added value to people. We have two uh, more questions to go. Uh, <laughs> it oh, was... <laughs> uh, no, well, listen, you, you ask me if you want to ask me them, but um. We've got, uh, so you can contact us at Billionaires in Boxers. Um, that's billionairesinboxers.com. Uh, if you just Google Billionaires in Boxers, you'll find us anyway. But I also have a very unusual surname, which is Palucha. So if you just Google Phil Palucha, which is P-E-L-U-C-H-A, you'll find all of my social media handles. Come and say, hey, however you see fit. Great. So uh, hope a lot of people connect with you and 
not a lot of people uh, give you business in that way because you cannot afford that <laughs> yeah exactly it's going to give you a head. Do you know what i i lo- i love the people that we work with and this is this is why i think it's been a real blessing for us as a business especially at the moment because you know we can scale and we are scaling and we are growing but i'm also keen not to scale too quickly because i think like organic- I love what we do and I love the value that we add and I wouldn't want to dilute that just so that we could get more customers on board. So it's about scaling in a way that, that we can continually maintain those high levels that people have become accustomed to with us over the last five to six years. Very true. I like the way uh, you as an individual are adding value in others' life. And then you also know that there is a speed and scale at which we can progress. Massively. Yeah. And a lot of people uh, so have seen the startup industry uh, and we have seen a lot of people just blowing money uh, here and yep. then, then using money for a hyper growth and then they are not able to sustain those growth. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then there's a lot of churn and uh, churn rate is something that people don't focus on. Mm. Same. Blah, blah. It, it, well, I'll tell you this, actually. I think a lot of people misunderstand what size of business they actually want. Um, I've seen that happen before where business owners were almost like, well, I actually quite liked it when we were at like 50 customers. Like 100 customers feels too much, feels yeah. too busy. I feel too detached from the clients. You know, we've got some projects we're working on that I don't even know anything about. Um, like that for some business owners, they don't like that. For some business owners, that's perfect. It's like I can go play golf and they're just going to get on with it and I don't, I don't have yeah. to get involved. But for other people, it's about that hands-on approach. So for me, whilst I have a great team around me, they haven't been podcasting for 12 years plus. They haven't already sold two podcast networks. So whilst they can add a lot of value, there are certain things, particularly strategy-wise, that I still want to do and want to be able to give to my customers. So a lot of our scaling comes down to how much can we scale and use other people whilst maintaining the standards high and how much of that time is kind of core fill time that needs to be given and means you know i'm not going to clone myself so um, i need to I, need, I still need to be able to sleep um so we we can work with x amount of clients and that's where the things like the video courses have come from and the starter packs and all those things where we can give you that information concise but it's not going to be working with me over the next 12 months kind of thing as as many of the other projects are yeah so uh, it uh, gives you a very refined approach and uh, that is where uh, a lot of learnings that you had uh, comes into picture so Definitely. as you always have said uh, and uh, throughout our conversation mm. and uh, that the stay you stop learning the day you stop earning correct what are your sources of learning that is the uh, second last question which i asked uh, what is yeah. your, from where do you get this all information or how do you learn you read books you read blogs what are your sources I am not very good at reading books. I get distracted very easily. So I'm an audio book kind of guy. I don't think that'll come as a massive surprise. Um, I, I do a lot of podcasting in terms of, I learn a lot from interviews that I do, but I also listen to a lot of podcasts, as you can imagine. Yeah. I guess that's the great thing about my network because our, our, as a business, we're managing 50 plus business podcasts. There's always great content with market leaders being created. So I'm often hearing it before anybody else is. Um, and that, and that's really nice, but I I guess the other one is I'm a big believer in kind of, a. and again, this won't come as a huge surprise to anybody listening. I'm a big fan of that kind of open, open table forum kind of thing within an industry where you can just get, you know, you asked me before about a podcast, should somebody do a monologue? Should it be two guests? Should it be more? My answer has always been the same, which is monologues bore the life out of me. And it's hard to the hard to motivate. You're gonna to have to throw a lot of money at it to get them out there because nobody wants to listen to the inner workings of your mind unless you're already famous. So yeah. you're not gonna get famous doing it that way. Interviews are great; they're the easiest to handle one on one like this, and you can learn. But actually, I think every now and then doing a group discussion with maybe three, four, maximum five people can be a really powerful exercise to bring together five industry leaders to discuss certain topics that are really important and key to your industry right now. Um, you know, uh, to take the Middle East as a great example. Okay. The Middle East has been rocked since COVID because the two ways that the Middle East usually generate leads is via uh, the Facebook advertising and mass emailing, right? They're the the tool you'll, they like to use the most. Well, mass emailing is terrible anyway. I mean, it gets like a really small percentage return rate, but 
Facebook marketing has become more and more expensive because now everybody's having to put money onto Facebook to try and talk to their customers. So you're all competing over this really small space. So you're now paying more money to get the same results, right? So a great roundtable would be given that the cost of labor in in India is cheaper than in the Middle East and you're on a very similar time zone. And in fact, there are many Indians in the Middle East that you could be working with. I would be doing a roundtable maybe with really successful Indians and other people from the Middle Eastern market and really successful agency owners in India to say, how can we solve this problem together? What haven't we tried? Is it podcasting? Is it networking? Is it radio? Is it television? Is it trying to get onto TikTok? Should we be doing more with Clubhouse? You know, it's about having that really hard hitting and open conversation that anybody on either side, whether they're in the Middle East and they're a business owner or whether they're a small agency owner in India, can pick up that and go, I've learned from that. I understand. And I now have the tools to go out and replicate that conversation. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to sort to smaller businesses in the Middle East. I'm going to go out to a small publishing company in Bahrain and I'm going to say, this is what the big boys are going to be doing. Do you want to work together on maybe putting the solution together? great great way of going and it is all about mindset i think uh, which matters a lot and uh, this is a growth mindset which i think a lot of agencies will uh, after hearing this podcast get into so this yeah. is a growth mindset that we are talking about uh, where you have to find as you say uh, rightly said uh, we are in a situation where uh, facebook was in 2010 uh, definitely uh, podcast is in uh, that situation right now not a lot of people know about it few people know about it and yeah. organic reach is still very high it people, is uh, are in this industry and slowly and gradually it will go down uh, 2016 instagram was very on a high uh, well you you're going to it's going to be like facebook and instagram where you end up paying to speak to your own followers like it's it won't yeah. be just about attracting new followers you'll have to even pay to reach all of your existing audience and stuff but that's going to be a pain so you know it's about being able to understand those relationships so if you if you know that that's coming right if you know that they're going to charge you to speak to your audience at some point that's where a strategy like ours which is more about the networking and the and the strength of the relationship strengthening that's never going to go away because when let's say spotify start charging you to speak to your own audience or itunes start charging you to speak to your own audience it's not going to matter when you already are connected with the top 50 people in your industry and you're all working together and helping each other and i and i promise you like that was the thing that i think shocked me the most when i learned it from you know we we have a several billionaires in our network now and i love learning from them and one of the biggest things that i've learned from them is once you get past a certain financial stage they no longer think about money it's not even like a language that they speak so business owners will come to them and they'll say i've got this amazing business idea i just need you to give me this much money and in 2 years i'll give you and they really don't care about the money what they want is somebody to come and say this is my background i've created something that helps people by doing this this and this and this is why i need your help to push it out there they don't want to talk money they want to talk meaning the why the who the how who are you helping right and when you understand that that's how business gets done at that level it's you know how many billionaires do you think are working with people for the very first time you know these people are working with the same circle of people that they know like and trust because it's a safe way to make money so yeah. you need to make sure that you are climbing that ladder and leveling up as i like to call it getting yourself to a level where you are comfortable you can you can give value you can hold your own weight you can give back but in return these great people who are at the same level that you are are giving you their skills and resources back and honestly that's how business gets done it's so much fun i had a client um who's who's now a brand new client from the states um he's working with a marketing agency excuse me in chicago um they met on a podcast of all places uh, the guy wants to do more in the middle east he's already a keynote speaker best selling author in the states but he wants to st- start doing more work in the middle east yeah. they know i work in the middle east so they contacted me we're already working with him and he's hooked up for a load of podcasts with some really cool people all across the middle east and it's it's and it's going to be great but this is this is how quickly we can mobilize these things and the final point i will touch on right because this is big for people because i know how big radio is in india and yeah. you know getting on television is always great for people's credibility and i haven't even talked to you about the 15 plus satellite business networks we manage we've not even got onto that but um podcasting is a great way of getting a portfolio together not just for content and not just for credibility but also to be able to show people within the media that you can handle your own 
right? If you want yeah. to get invited onto the radio to do an interview to talk about what you do, they're going to feel so much more comfortable inviting you on if they can see that you've done 50 podcast interviews, some of your own and some of other people's. Because now they can hear you. They know you can handle a mic. They know you know about not swearing while you're on air, right? And once you've done a few radio interviews, now television and print are interested because they're like, well, you know, Kelly got some credibility. Must be good at what they do. And it's about leveling up in that way. You know, you do a keynote speaking event or you do a workshop event locally. Well, next year you want to do the keynote speaker. The year after that, you know that this event, after it leaves Mumbai or Dubai or wherever the hell it is that you are, it goes to Barcelona. Well, get invited as a keynote speaker to Barcelona then because this now helps you open up Europe. So this is how these things work. It's very clever. There's never been a better time to do it, except maybe yesterday. Um, but today is certainly a much better time than than tomorrow. So um, I, I hope people have taken value from this. It's 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 something I'm very passionate about because it's changed my life. Uh, it's transformed my customers' lives and their businesses. So I'm, I'm very, very passionate about it. Thanks a lot, Phil. Uh, I learned a lot of things uh, during this one of interview. And I hope everybody who is listening to this gets value. And uh, we are going to repurpose this content a lot so that you <laughs> a lot of value from this. That is for sure. Thanks again for doing this. I had a great time and hope the listeners also had a great time listening to this. Thank you for doing this. <laughs>